It's a sunny day in Le Mans and we're back with episode three of RNF Unlocked. I'm Neil Morrison and I'm joined today by Razlan Rizali, the team principal of the Crypto Data RNF MotoGP team to bring you an exclusive update on the team. Hello Razlan and welcome back. How are you doing? Thank you. Good. It's not really sunny, is it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's half and half. It's typical Le Mans weather, right? And we're expecting... Or typical... English weather. <laughs> or English weather, exactly. <laughs> we're expecting these conditions through the weekend as well, I think. It might be quite complicated with some wet sessions, some dry sessions, some half and half. Yeah, I think it'll be good uh, for the audience. It'll be good for us as well, considering our situation right now. So we need all the help we can get, especially from Mother Nature. So the race can be a little bit unpredictable and, you know, unpredictability is good. And it's good for riders like uh, Salvadori and Raul, given his condition. Absolutely, yeah. And you mentioned Renzo Salvadori. He's obviously here replacing Miguel Oliveira, unfortunately injured once again this season and missing another uh, round of the 2023 Moto GP season. I mean, to start off, how is Miguel? What's his situation? Yeah, well, uh, it's good to see that Miguel have put up on his social media that he's doing some form of exercise. Um, the report I had a couple of days ago is that ideally he needs to have surgery, but that would take three to four months to recover. Something that a MotoGP rider do not have the luxury of sitting out for three to four months. So they're letting it heal as naturally as possible with a lot of physiotherapy and some treatment. Um, so he's off the shoulder brace, which is great. So, so we saw pictures that he is um, doing some kind of training in the, in the gym. So that's a good sign. But um, we are a bit wary, of course, because his shoulder injury for a MotoGP rider, it's, it takes a long time. You know, I mean, we've seen riders like even Mark Marquez, who had shoulder injury for so long. You know, so we are um, we're a bit wary, but we're hoping for the best to be positive. And uh, let's see, we've got three weeks before Mugello. Yeah, but it's a shoulder injury. It's not not the best of injury. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because initially there were fears that he had dislocated the shoulder, but then afterwards you found out that there was actually a, a fracture, I think, in the humerus as yes, well. Yes, correct. So that, that obviously complicates Yeah, it. and it's not his first uh, injury in that, in that area as well. So usually what they say is that once you re-injure it again, it's, it's hard, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, um, what can I say? I've lost, I've got no words to describe how we were feeling in uh, harass. You know, we could not get any unlucky or whatever, you know. Uh, we started off the year, it was really good. And then, and then um, yes, the first incident happened with Mark. Then he came back, you know, did really good in, uh, where was it, America, you know. Um, then he did a good race in uh, the first race, you know, and we thought this could be it, we could smell it, you know, that, 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 that first podium. And yeah, this thing happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be obviously very frustrating for you and the team. How do you how do you pick the team up when they have a, a real disappointment like this? You know, yeah, it's hard because well, I have I have the team talk tonight um, because we on the back of the last two years we were we, we were struggling. You know, so we were you know everybody wants to do to do well, okay, and we we had that. I mean. Yeah, the plan is to pick ourselves up and do and do better. 
Uh, we started off the season really good, you know, on paper. Miguel is a good rider, Raul as well. We have a good package, you know, because we've already proven that our riders on the on the RSGP for the first time did really good. You know, yeah, so we were hoping. So when these things happen, riders get injured, we have to bring in a replacement rider. And for the first time, I think both of our riders are not 100% fit. Okay, just we can't help but looking back at what happened in 2021 with Frankie getting injured. And then we had to bring in, what, Jake Dixon as a replacement. Uh, who else do we bring in? You know, it becomes like a musical chair for us. You know, so, so we don't want to go back there again. You know, but unfortunately, it is what it is. You know, so we just... So tonight we have a good prep talk and try to tell the guys to keep up the spirits, you know. I mean, I know, I know our, our time will come. When will that be? I don't know, but it will come. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, Miguel, before the crash, obviously, in Jerez, the first in the sprint race, had a really promising ride, was up there inside the top six, I think, or top yeah, seven. Yeah, it was fifth. Fifth, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, looked really, really strong, really good rhythm. Yeah. Um, you know, everything seemed to be Yeah, he was feeling good, you know, um, coming back from an injury after missing Argentina and all that. You know, he was, he was doing great, you know. So, yeah, I mean, what, what can I say? Right. So is there any chance, do you think, that he'll be on the bike at Mugello or would that be too soon? That's the plan. I mean, we are always hopeful that that's, uh, that, that's the plan for him to come back in Mugello. So um, I try to keep, uh, keep up with him in terms of his status every week. You know, I don't want to be hounding him every day, you know. So every week um, I reach out to him and say, how, how is he doing? You know, so as long as every week he says that he's positive, everything works out well, then we are, we are hopeful. Okay, yeah. absolutely. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's keep our fingers crossed. And yeah. looking at the other side of the garage, Razlan, oh. Raul, there's also been some complications with, uh, with his physical condition too. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was to be honest, I was upset. Uh, okay, it, it compounded the fact what happened to Miguel and then uh, we were hoping for Raul to do something to help the team, you know. So he was, I think, hovering at 12 or 13 or 11, 12 and all that. And suddenly we saw his pace drop and said, what's going on, you know? So we suspected something to do with the condition, his physical condition, okay, which we know that he faced this problem in, even from Sepang test. So I was, I was quite upset about it. Uh, didn't talk to him, you know. <laughs> and then finally reached out to him um, when I got home from Malaysia and only to find out that he was wrongly diagnosed in the very beginning when he felt the pain in his arm where he was told it's not an arm pump, it's more of a shoulder problem that he had when he was in Moro 2. And also maybe relate to the suit that is too, too tight fitting. You know, he did a wind tunnel testing with Aprilia so to get a maximum aerodynamic or whatever, the suit must be tight or whatever, you know. So, so they enlarged it a little bit for, I can't remember which race was it, in uh, America, I think. Uh, and he didn't suffer any problems in America. You know, America is a secular America is a demanding track, so he didn't have a problem. Um, but he had problems during FP1 in, in Argentina and then uh, and Jerez a little bit, you know. So only to know that uh, when, when he tested on Monday in Jerez, he did a short three-race, three-laps uh, uh, stint. Uh, 
to really overstress the arm to really confirm that actually he had an arm pump. So he was wrongly diagnosed uh, before, because if not, if he knew there was an arm pump, he would have done the surgery much earlier. But that's the way it is. So when he did the surgery uh, last week, Thursday or Friday, uh, it's not a straightforward uh, arm pump surgery. It's over nine muscles of, on his arms, over three different areas. It's not as uh, it's it's not as simple as Fabio's arm pump surgery, you know. Uh, but then Fabio managed to race the following week, you know. So yeah, so I'm glad to to say that he's fit for race this weekend. And we were also in trouble because um, you know when after the race in Jerez he was not declared injured. So the moment he went for surgery. Uh, Irta reminded us that you know we need to field two riders. You know, if not, we would go, we would breach the contract. You know, with a heavy fine. So we like, oh God, you know, who can we find? I mean, I mean, just in case that Raúl could not be fit for 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 this weekend, we have to find a rider. So we took the risk, uh, and, and thank God that he he's passed. Uh, so for tomorrow, as long as he does one lap, so we fulfill our contract with with Rista, <laughs> you know. But it, it, then it becomes a shit show like this, you know. I mean, now after discussing with uh, our team manager Wilco, we felt that looks like maybe it's time for MotoGP team to have a proper reserve rider. You know, with the with the double races, you know, with injuries left, right, and center, you know, we need to we need to make sure that I, I think is it a high time that MotoGP team have a proper reserve rider? I mean, you can't just put a guy on a MotoGP bike. You know, if Raúl was um, really injured, who the hell do we have to put? We already used uh, Savadori to replace Miguel. You know, so who do we need to put? And we are obligated, as in as a contract, uh, to put on a good show with two two riders. But when there's no riders, where do you go? Yeah, exactly. I, I remember speaking to Hervé Poncheral a few weeks ago about Paul's injury, and he was saying that MotoGP machines nowadays are more complicated for than ever for riders coming into do one single weekend or two weekends because of the devices and the yeah. different aerodynamics. They're so different to what other bikes are like that there's a very small pool of riders available to to be the substitute riders. So yeah, it's, it's quite uh, difficult. Exactly. I mean, look at Ducati. I mean, Enya couldn't race, so they had to go back and get uh, Petrucci to come back and then get on the bike, you know. But at least he's a rider that's been with the Ducati and, and, and rides the Ducati and World Superbike, so it's easy, you know. But, uh, yeah, for us, well, we were struggling. We were we were talking to Gontoli, you know. Uh, so he said, oh, I'm contracted with Suzuki for World Endurance, okay. We even went to speak to uh, Remy Gardner, okay, well, Wilco did, you know. we Because we need to find a rider, you know. So finally I said, look, Forget it. Just take the risk, and let's hope that Raúl passed the test, which which he did. And okay, so tomorrow, just one lap, everyone, we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> if if we were to imagine um, a kind of situation where each factory or each team has a reserve rider, I mean, how would how would that work? Would you bring them testing with you at uh, the official test, for example, to make sure that they're up to speed uh, with the MotoGP machines and... Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, if you look at um, 
Formula One. I mean, they, they take reserve riders either from the Formula Two or or whichever riders drivers is out there, and they use at least one round for FP1 to put put to put a rider uh, to test. You know, um, then of course they have testing and all that. I mean, it's it's something that I don't know whether it's time to have it or not, but there must be thoughtful planning to do that. You know, again, then it'll be more cost involved. You know, but um, I don't know. I mean, we we faced it. Okay, some other teams probably say no, it's not necessary. Yeah, wait until that happens to 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 your rider, you know, to your team, and, and let's see how you're going to ha- deal with it. Yeah, you know, I, looking at Raúl's uh, situation. Positively, I guess maybe there's some relief now that finally he understands what has been happening with his uh, with his arm, and, and, and now you can start to think, okay, in the next race he's going to be back to something like full fitness. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't hope for anything uh, uh, really this weekend. Uh, so what's important is the three weeks break and to come back with Mugello to be 100% fit. And yes, with this distraction. Uh, dealt with, you know. We just, we just hope that he can really get back into it. I mean, he has been improving uh, all the time. Uh, yeah, he need to, he need to sort out his his uh, starting. His starting is really bad. I think that's something to do with with the clutch and all that. I think Maverick also has the same same problem. So most Aprilia riders have have that that problem. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, we just we just uh, uh, think that on the hindsight, the positive side is that whatever issue that he had is dealt with. So by Mugello, we can we can see a little bit more progression because we still believe in in, in Raúl. Uh, he has he's young. He still has the potential. Um, maybe he wants it so bad, you know. Uh, so we need to calm him down a little bit. Um, but I think he'll be there. I have faith that he'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm yeah. sure he will. Uh, we saw one of the big talking points from Jerez was some of the interesting stewarding decisions that happened. Now, uh. Fabio Quattraro was given a penalty for the crash that Miguel was unfortunately caught up in. Um, he had to serve a long lap penalty for that instant. I mean, how did you see that? Did you think that was kind of a, a warranted uh, penalty? Yeah, I think I said it, and I stand by what I said uh, immediately uh, after the incident happened. After reviewing the, the footage, I think it's a racing incident. As, yeah, as much as we are affected by it, we are unlucky, but I think it was, it was a racing incident purely, you know? So, so to give a penalty like that, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, the level of stewardship right now is a big question mark. It's detrimental to the sport, I think, you know. Uh, and the worst thing that I am very, very much frustrated is the silence from the stewards. You know, it seems that they have such a thick skin that they don't respond or even make an effort to engage with with the teams internally, with the riders, or, or even worse, with the media. There's no form of transparency or engagement. It's ridiculous, you know? I mean, we are living in a world where social media is a strong tool to communicate and is making the sport look bad, you know? Uh, you know, slightest form of contact is a penalty, you know? I mean, we, we try to put a... We want to encourage everybody to, to to race and compete, you know, and then you have you have penalties like ambitious overtaking. I mean, what the hell is that? 
You know, they're, they're racing. You know, if you keep on doing things like that, then we're not going to have a, a, a show that, that we can entertain the global audience. Yeah, you're referring to the um, penalty given to Peko Banyaya for his overtake on Jack Miller, where there was, I don't yeah. even think there was contact. There was an aggressive move, but I, maybe nothing more. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, we, we all know who Freddie Spencer is, you know. I mean, a, a former world champion to be making these kind of decisions and and not say anything. I mean, you know, you, you, you have such great credibility, reputation being who he is, and to go through like this, I mean, what is he trying to do? I mean, the best that he could do is just you know, call for PCA, explain the situation, be transparent, engage, you know? I mean, if you don't want to do that with the media, then do that with the teams and uh, team managers. You know, don't don't sweep it under the carpet and wait for the next round uh, to happen and potentially it's going to be another crappy stewardship. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like maybe the riders will have a chance at the, the Safety Commission meeting tomorrow to, to speak with you the know, stewards. You we, know, we, who did I speak to just now in, in the morning about uh, Safety Commission? It's, it's, a, it's a chaotic meeting. I went, I went to it one time, I think in Qatar, I think, uh, one year ago, two years ago. And there's no control. There's no one that can really lead that meeting with proper structure and listen to everybody's point of views. Everybody's trying to speak over somebody. Okay, so so I think that there must be a proper meeting, sitting down like school children. Okay, you have a headmaster that is really strict with the cane and really structured the meeting. Okay, because if you don't have a strong person up there, then it will be, uh, it'll be chaos. Everybody wants, uh, everybody have things to say, and then it get lost in translation, it lost the focus, you know? So, so until someone can, can really dictate and lead the meeting, you know, uh, effectively, then it will work. If not, the safety commission is not the, the place to do it. From what I experience, and I believe it's the same thing. Yeah, okay. You know? uh, just a few more questions for you, Raslan. Um, sure. Obviously, this weekend marks the start of the Moto E World Championship, as it now yes. is. And you have two two riders, two bikes on the, the Moto E grid for this year. Um, obviously, I think it's a, it's a new era for the, the championship. Um, Ducati have come in as the sole supplier. The bikes look quite pretty, in my uh, point of view. They're, they're impressive machines. And uh, the lap times, I think, in testing so far have been quite impressive as well. Um, uh, your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, yeah. Moto E begins uh, this weekend, um, and to be very honest, um, I did not pay much attention until walking into the paddock and seeing the bikes for the first time and seeing one of our riders for the first time, because um, I left it up to uh, Ramon uh, Fokada, our previous crew chief, uh, his first role as a team manager. And I guess he does his job so well that I didn't really have to pay attention uh, because he updates me regularly every week. Uh, but the bike looks awesome. Uh, looks really good. Uh, I hope Aprilia don't hear me say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks it looks really good. Um, but it's not the. It's more complicated than the Energica bikes. Uh, from what Ramon is telling me from the test, from the, from the report that he gave me, because we crash a few times, and it's not straightforward uh, to fix it. Uh, we suspect that this weekend could be a, 
a little bit of operational problem when it comes to charging. If there are crashes, you know, there's standby five uh, spare bikes uh, uh, just in case teams or riders crash. Apparently during the test, three spare bikes already been used, you know. But the, the, the bike's performance looks great because I think uh, Eric Granado did, broke the record in Barcelona, I think, uh, on that bike. And three seconds. Yes, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and and so we have two uh, exciting riders in my views for Moto E. Uh, we brought back Andrea Mantovani, who was with us last year as a replacement for Bradley Smith when he was injured. Uh, he had one podium with us. Unfortunately, uh, it was taken back because of technical infringement and all that. Uh, then uh, we struggled to find a second uh, uh, rider um, until we heard about Mika Perez. Uh, this young Spanish kid who quit racing because of funding problems. So we thought, well, why not give this guy a chance? A uh, young guy, you know, get him to come back and maybe can do something. You know, so uh, yeah, so we have these uh, two two guys that we are hoping to try to score some points this weekend. Okay, excellent. Yeah, we've got two races, of course, both on Saturday. So it's yes. going to be a packed uh, schedule on Saturday with the sprint, with MotoGP qualifying, and the two MotoGP races. As yeah, well. it's going to be it's going to be hard this weekend. It'll be a real test for everybody. Um, but that's only one weekend. Imagine uh, the triple, the first triple header with Mugello, Saxony, and Asin that also have Moto E. You know, but I think I think it'll be exciting. I think the bike looks the bike looks good again. Um, and it'll be interesting. Absolutely, yeah. And let's hope that uh, the new manufacturer can draw a little more public attention to the the series as well um, to see to see how it develops and how yeah. it goes. Yeah. But just finally, Razlan, we're now at the fifth race of the season at Le Mans. We have a three-week break, unusually, uh, after this yes. race um, before Mugello. I guess it's a good chance to reflect on the opening part of the season for RNF. Uh, how would you how would you assess so far the the season? Well, I, I mean, up to round five now. I mean, the three weeks break looks really enticing, really welcoming, <laughs> you know, because it's been a hard uh, championship so far for us um, in all areas, you know. I mean, we we begin the year with with uh, renewed hope uh, and targets with our new sponsors, our new shareholders. You know, we we out with gun blazing, like I said, good package, two riders, but then it was not. Uh, smooth sailing with with uh, crashes, incidences, uh, leading up to where we are right now with two riders that's not well, our original rider not not even 100% fit to bring in uh, Lorenzo Salvadori to replace Miguel. It's not the best scenario, but it's the best that we can do. Um, yeah, so so I look forward to go home uh, for three weeks break. Try to switch off where I can uh, and come back again and restart in in Mugello. Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's hope that you have a full-strength team uh, when we get back to Mugello as well, Razlan. Yeah, we hope so too. And uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for joining me once again. Thank um, you. And that ends episode three. Um, we will return in a month's time with the next insight and updates from RNF. And we're hoping with the return of both riders to full fitness at that time too. Until then, thank you for tuning in to RNF Unlocked and have a great weekend of racing.